Hi there, James Wedmore here. I'm host of the Mind Your Business podcast and founder of the Rapid Growth System for online experts looking to scale their business, business by design. And if you don't know me, I've actually been running an online business for the past 15 years now, and I primarily do that with digital products. And I don't think I need to tell you that digital products are hands down the most profitable and fulfilling business model that exists online. Think about it. What else allows you to take your genius, your wisdom, your expertise, and package it in a way that you build it once and continue to get it into the hands of thousands, reach people all over the world, and start getting paid to make a difference? That's what I've done, and chances are, if you're listening to this, that's what you want to be doing as well. But let's face it, it's hard. Is super overwhelming. And everyone seems to be teaching that one thing. Like you have to be doing this to be successful or this is the answer to get more customers or this is the platform or tool you need to be on in order to reach more people. But the problem is business is not whittled down to just one thing. And until you take a holistic approach to running your business, chances are you'll be missing more than one thing. And that's where I come in. This June, I am hosting the first of three live training workshops called The Rise of the Digital CEO. In this training, you're going to walk through and see behind the curtain of my eight-figure digital product-based business so you can see the exact five gears that run my entire business. Whether you're just starting out or you're struggling to sell your course or you're ready to scale it and take to the next level, you're going to see what today's most successful digital CEOs are doing differently to attract more clients and customers and sell more of their digital products. To step into the role that your business needs, head on over to businessbydesign.net forward slash rise. Have you ever served DIY clients? No, this is not what the episode is about, but I do have two of my former DIY clients, actually one collective company, husband and wife team, Austin and Gina Meyer, who used to be DIY clients of mine as course creators. And apparently I did my job so well helping them through the questions that they had that they realized they should just be doing bookkeeping for people. So in today's episode, I'm interviewing this amazing couple and sharing their journey with you. And there's so many good pieces of advice in this episode. I highly recommend you take a listen. So Austin and Gina are the owners of Squeaky Clean Books. I do not ask them in the episode to share where people can best connect with them. So I'm doing that now ahead of time. You will find their link in the show notes of their website. That's squeakycleanbooks.com. And the best place to connect online is on LinkedIn, just Austin Meyer, A-U-S-T-E-N-M-E-I-E-R. Now, without further ado, I'm going to bring on Austin and Gina and just sit back and have a listen to this awesome conversation. Hey, and welcome to the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast. I'm Serena Shoup. I am a CPA and mom of three, and I'm running a virtual bookkeeping business mostly from my home. You're in the right place if you're a bookkeeper, accountant, or an accounting student, and you know that your purpose is bigger than sitting in a cubicle. 
if you're ready to learn some actionable tips and strategies to help you start and grow a bookkeeping or accounting business, I hope you stick around. Well, welcome back to the Ambitious Bookkeeper to our listeners. Today, I have two very special guests, Austin and Gina, who actually used to be clients of mine. And so we'll get into that. And yeah, so I'm just going to jump right in and have you guys or have you guys jump right in and introduce yourselves. Okay. Well, yes, I'm Austin Meyer. My wife, Gina and I, we work together. We've been able to work together actually our whole marriage, which has been really cool. But we came in and met you through like the whole course creation component of business and all of that. And, you know, as we were going through that, we were doing the digital courses and we were trying to create those to help serve people in the cleaning niche was kind of where we settled after (laughs) some soul searching. And we met some of the best people. We met you, we met all of our best business buddies doing course creation and that energy continues on today. Yeah. So now, nowadays, what are you guys doing? Because you mentioned we met through the course creation, you are helping people start or grow cleaning businesses, correct? Yeah. So we, I mean, it was a trail. So when we first got into course creation, we really wanted to focus on couples that work together, teaching them how to identify their roles and things like that. That was a lot of fun, but we turned into couples counselors pretty quickly and we (laughs) really love the business side of things. So while we enjoyed that chapter, it made it evident that we really wanted to focus on something more business mind. Our business coach at the time suggested, well, your background is in cleaning. We had a cleaning business for seven years and we sold it in 2020. So we were like, yeah, we do see a lot of help that we can give to the cleaning industry. So we started honing in on that. We first helped with boot camps, pricing and things like that, but it it led us to to bookkeeping eventually, trying to really fill a need in the industry that we saw where people they didn't know what was going wrong with their business. I think we felt that ourselves, like starting out, we grew up in family businesses. My parents, they still have a window cleaning business they've had for many years. Gina's parents have had a restaurant for like 35 years. So we grew up in business and we went and we started our cleaning business. But like most business owners, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have those innate business qualities and like that education and that thinking. So we were falling into a lot of those same traps that all the other businesses were falling into. They're like, man, we are running around the clock and we aren't making enough money. Be like, where, how can we not be making money? Mm-hmm. Well, all that came down to figuring out our numbers. So that was something that we were trying to help people with in these boot camps mm-hmm. with their pricing and you know, we would ask them their questions. Oh, you know, so like, what are your expenses with this? Or what are your, you know, average sales or what is this and that? And it's just crickets and stares because they have no idea. Yeah. And it's really hard to know what the problem is if you don't know what their numbers are. So that is where we were kind of hitting a roadblock. And that's where your idea is like, Hey, have you ever thought about bookkeeping? <laughs> like, I know. No. Because you were a DIY client of mine. I should probably back up and say, like, that was back in the day when we were taking on clients and kind of helping them 
set up their books and just kind of keep an eye on things, but they were doing the bulk of the bookkeeping. And so that's what you guys were doing. Yeah. So that was very good, like (laughs) dipping the toe in the water as far as like what bookkeeping is, Mm because we had done it the worst way possible for so long. (laughs) We had a paper ledger. I did our profit and loss on a a Microsoft Word doc. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah, it was big box of super accurate carbon (laughs) copy invoice, you know, and somehow I was still behind like constantly. I'm like, yeah, that's because you were taking so so much time to do it. (laughs) I know. So then we thought, oh man, we're going to offload this. And we started working with a big company before we came to you and we got like none of our questions answered. It was actually kind of funny because we would be like, you know, so do we need to charge sales tax on this? Or, you know, we'd have general questions. They'd be like, yeah, you'd probably have to talk to an accountant about that. Be like, you're like, but you are the accountant. Be like, (laughs) do I just call you again or what do I do? (laughs) So, yeah. Put on your CPA hat. I don't know if you left it somewhere. Like, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So working with you was definitely like a big springboard. I think before we saw you in, you know, courses where you were interviewed and I don't think we had ever considered bookkeeping as a business. Yeah. Well, I know that I was very clear when you're interviewed in that course creation world, it's always like, who do you serve and how do you, you know, and how do you help them? And I was always very clear that I, I serve experienced accountants. So that's probably why you never made that connection. But then as we worked together, I was like, Austin, you're like really good at this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that you're too kind. I don't know about that at that point. (laughs) I mean, there's some people it comes natural to. And so it's, it was kind of, that was kind of the thing it was, yeah, you still had questions and that's why it's helpful to work with a mentor or whatever, but you had the basics down. You knew how the software was supposed to function. You knew what the end result was supposed to be. And sometimes you just had a little question of like, how do I make that happen? <laughs> right. <laughs> but for the most part, you were on top of things, you were organized and that's the biggest thing. And you were like probably my favorite DIY client. Most of my other DIY clients, it was either like, I'm going to put you on full service because you suck at keeping your own records and you don't keep up with things or like, I just can't work with you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we kind of got rid of the DIY thing, which is kind of funny because it's about to come back. But anyway, oh, I didn't know you had stopped doing that. So I yeah. just thought we were missing out because I switched bookkeepers. And I have to say, you were much easier. Like my current bookkeeper, he is always hounding me for receipts and what was this purchase? I mean, <laughs> full Gestapo, you know, and now, and now I live with him. So I can't even get away. I can't even ignore. <laughs> I can't even ignore his messages and be like, no, seriously, where are the receipts? <laughs> Have you been in your client portal? <laughs> Look into your client he portal. makes me log into the client portal and upload my receipt. That is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, on the other hand, like who you're describing, Serena, is exactly who Austin is. Like detail-oriented. He wants to know like why there's a penny off. Mm-hmm. And when I was single back in the day, I would just draw a line if my checkbook didn't work out with the registry and be like, new balance. And I would put a new number <laughs> that the bank showed. <laughs> I didn't want to investigate why. But yeah, yeah so it's been a melding for sure. That's so funny. Oh man. So where were we at in the story? You guys saw a need in your industry that you were kind of coaching in, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that need was people needed to understand their numbers and they either weren't working with a bookkeeper 
or they weren't keeping their own books well. So what was your next step when you figured that out? Yeah. So once we kind of identified, oh, bookkeeping, okay. You know, this is actually could be a really powerful component to bridge that gap because it was twofold. On the one hand, we would actually have numbers to look at and know that they're accurate because we did them. But also, too, we would have the unique position to provide the coaching component that we were really trying to offer. But our hands were tied because we didn't know what the problem was. So it's very easy at the end of the month to be like, hey, here is your financial reports. Let's go over them, help you understand them and what this actually means for your business rather than just, you know, getting, yep, here's your financial reports at the end of the year send this to your tax preparer, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but there be no understanding of what's going on. So that has been a really powerful component to be able to add that. And, you know, I always tell my clients like bookkeeping is actually kind of the tool that we use to help grow your business and make it profitable. Yeah, That's technically what's on the business card, you know, but that is just a tool in our tool belt to be able to help you. Yeah. So you include bookkeeping and business coaching in your services. Correct. Yeah. So for our listeners who are mostly bookkeepers, Austin and Gina are basically advisors (laughs) (laughs) that do bookkeeping. But I think it's great because people come to you really for the coaching and then you're like, but you have to have the bookkeeping. So it's included. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's been kind of an interesting like dynamic because we also like, we work with other business coaches who Mm -hmm. send us clients and we get to kind of be involved in the process to kind of, because I think most coaches kind of hit that point where they're like, I really want to help them, but what's actually going on? Where is the money going? Or how much money do they have to allocate to new projects or to an expansion or to hiring or things like that? So it kind of has been a good like symbiotic relationship. We were talking about before we press record, you know, we don't view others as competition. Like it's something that we can all learn from each other. And even if you're working with a business coach, it's important that you have a good understanding of your numbers so that you have that interpreter that can look at the reports, interpret that to the business coach, and then they can use that to coach you even better. Yeah. My favorite business coaches out there, because there's a ton of business coaches out there. It's definitely like a booming industry, but the ones that I really respect are the ones that say like your first hire should be a bookkeeper because we need your numbers to be accurate. And I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that's cute. Oh. Yeah. yeah, no, that's very true. Well, and I think too, like I'm sure working with different, like with course creators, their zone of genius is what they're teaching. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily bookkeeping, you know, us with cleaning business and industry, like a service industry business, they know what they love. They started a business they're passionate about, about, you know, maybe it's cleaning or maybe it's course creation, but it might not be numbers. And that's where they can use a bookkeeper to really turn that into something they offload. They don't have to worry about, but something they can also use to grow their business. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I'm looking at the list of questions and I think we pretty much got to the end of that story of like how you ended up doing bookkeeping and kind of what your business model looks like. So from a business owner standpoint, and honestly, I I think it's really valuable for bookkeepers to kind of hear this conversation in the words that you're using in the language. And this is where I always try to get 
people to like, listen to their potential clients and the words they're using in the language to help explain things. And the edge that you have is that you were a business owner first before a bookkeeper. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you haven't been like immersed in the accounting jargon. <laughs> Right. (laughs) So you naturally don't make your clients feel stupid because you're already like you're on the same level and the same playing field with the language you're using. And so I think that's like the biggest issue that the accounting industry has is the language we use is not something that most business owners understand. And so I'm always trying to push people to like, just listen to how your clients are speaking about things and use that in the way that you like help them understand. So from a business owner standpoint, put on your business owner hat, what are the main things that you look at with your numbers or the things that you look at with your clients' numbers where the bookkeeping becomes the most crucial piece of what you do? I mean, when it comes down to it, like having the financial reports, that's where you're going to find all of the answers to those questions. But I know when we had the cleaning business, it was that line be like, man, we can't take on any more work. Like our schedule is packed. We're working days, nights, weekends, but why are we still having a hard time covering our personal expenses? It's like the business isn't making enough profit to actually support us. So one of the things that really helped us in the very beginning was figuring out what our actual expenses were. Like the personal ones, our personal expenses, like going through and reviewing those you know, the next component of that is we realized, hey, we've cut these down. But when we do a job, when we have a client and we make, you know, a hundred bucks, we're finding that it's costing us 90 (laughs) to do the work. And that's why we're struggling. Mm -hmm. And we shared this on our boot camps a lot too. One of the realizations we hit this moment where we're like, when it's all said and done, we're making like five bucks an hour. And that was sobering. Like that was the point we're like, oh no, we're charging, you know, like 35, 45, 50, sometimes like depending on the job, even a hundred bucks an hour. But that doesn't actually translate to actual hourly rate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that is a breakdown that we were stuck in for a long time is the money on the invoice translating to money in your pocket or money in your personal bank account. So figuring that out was huge. And we just found, okay, we really need to adjust our prices. Like that was the realization we came to, but that's different for every business. Sometimes it's like, well, you do, you need more sales or you need to adjust the prices on, you know, the clients that you do have yeah. or your expenses are just like off the charts. So I guess figuring out where the problem areas are in the layman yeah. terms, but as far as the bookkeeping component, being able to have those reports to look at, like, oh, this is what our gross income is. This is what our costs of goods are. And we can really dive into those, figure out the percentage allocations for each of those and really see what is going on in the business. Like that's liberating. Oh, I was just going to say, and I don't know if it helps people because it helped me to hear it this way when you're trying to communicate that to your clients. Like, how are they describing the problem to their friends? Maybe they're calling their mom and they're like, mom, like I'm working so hard and I don't understand where's the money going? Like, 
describing that problem in the way that they experience it, the way that they're going to tell their friends, because they're not going to say, I need a better financial report so that I can analyze my profit and loss and see, you know, like, they're they're not going to say that be like, oh, I don't know how to depreciate all of my assets and really how that's ending up like, no. They're using that language. They're yeah. frustrated. And that's how their their emotions come into it. Because money is very emotional. Mm-hmm. We'll be back after a quick break. This episode of the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast is sponsored by my brand new free training, The Ultimate Guide to Creating a Profitable Bookkeeping Business. In just one hour, you will learn three keys to creating and launching a profitable bookkeeping business. We will map out your path to creating a bookkeeping or accounting business that keeps you in control of your time, priorities, and expertise. From someone who built a six-figure firm on part-time hours. That's right. You can stay in control of your time, keep family as your priority, and serve your clients well. It just takes a little strategy up front, and I'm going to help you with that during this free training. So head over to the show notes to sign up now for the next training and find out how you can choose the work you do kick imposter syndrome to the curb, use tech to be super efficient, which all leads to a profitable business. Just head on over to ambitiousbookkeeper.com slash training, and I will see you there. Yeah. And as you were describing the issues that you were having as a business owner, I've seen even bookkeepers and accountants have those same issues where they're invoicing the client $100 an hour, but they're still struggling with their own cash flow and everything. So I feel like I hammer this home way too much, but I'm always telling bookkeepers and accountants and my students, if they want to be able to advise other businesses on how to get through something, you've got to take yourself through it first. So if you're struggling with your own pricing, if you're having a hard time with your own cash flow, if you aren't able to pay yourself what you want to be paying yourself, work on that right now. (laughs) Like that's where you have to start. And so that's what you essentially you've done because you did that in your own business. And now you're able to do that for other cleaning businesses. And the other point that I like to illuminate here is that like they serve this industry because you guys know it so well. And that's where you started. So a lot of times bookkeepers are like, I don't know, you know, if I should choose a niche or like, what kind of industry I should go for. And I'm always like, just look at your own history and the industries you've worked with or in, or, you know, maybe your parents had a business. Like my dad had an HVAC business. Maybe I wasn't that involved in the operations, but I used to write checks for him. I used to categorize his vendor receipts and stuff. I was like 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, just look back. Full transparency. Like it takes time. Like, I don't know why, but we've kind of like gone back and forth about cleaning as a niche mm-hmm. and we've taken on other clients. Like we have other clients right now. And so Austin was on a coaching call and they're like, you have to niche down, especially because we're working on systems and processes to make it more efficient. I know everybody's going to love that. <laughs> All bookkeepers seem to like that, but systems and processes to really go that extra mile. We're not just providing bookkeeping. We're providing something that gives them that extra push. Like Mm -hmm. they now have what they need to move forward. And we were able to do that so much better with cleaning businesses that it was only like a couple of weeks ago. We're like, okay, the hardest part is 
turning down clients that aren't in that niche, mm-hmm. but realizing that the ones in that niche are, you're going to give them such good service. Like you're going to be able to provide such good value to them that it's worth niching. So I'm going to say that because then I'm going to replay this podcast every time. <laughs> every time you're about to take on a client that's not in your niche. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I struggle with that too. And that's the guiding thing that helps me realize, like if I bring on this other client that's outside of our niche, it's going to throw things off for my team. It's going to make the whole onboarding process a little bit just different enough that it's going to be kind of a pain in my butt. So it is helpful to remind yourself, like, this is why we chose the industry or this, you know, sub industry, if it's like a larger industry, because if you do want to be able to provide people, those systems and process within your own company, but also sharing some operational procedures with them, that'll make them more efficient. Then you kind of do have to narrow in, (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, you still can take on other clients. We have too. like, I have three or four clients that are not in our course creation niche. Well, I think the hardest part with that too, is like when you're starting out, you're just anxious to work with clients. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're anxious to get experience, be in someone else's QuickBooks other than your own, you know, someone else's zero or whatever, and just kind of like get that experience. So I think that's powerful, but then you kind of learn as you go, why choosing a niche is important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, to your point, getting that niche dialed in, I think we were hesitant for a long time with that. We're like, oh, but that means we're going to be turning away work. And Mm -hmm. what if we don't get enough leads in our niche? Like that's really going to, you know, sideline us. But we sat down, we're like, nope, okay, this is what we want to do. And it turned out, and like just this week, we've been able to land a client in our niche. And because we have a couple of them now, like the, the systems and processes that we've built out for that one, is making this one so much easier mm-hmm. to go through and building out templates for calculating KPIs and things like that. It's like, oh, okay. So like on the call, what won this client over was one, our experience in the industry, which was huge because he had a bookkeeping service that he was happy with, but it didn't have the coaching component to it. That's mm-hmm. really what he was paying for. And when I open up a spreadsheet, and show him the templates and be like, we're going to plug this in, we're going to find this and we're going to find that. And then that was just like, this is exactly what I need. This is it right here. Like, this is what I'm missing. Yeah, That was pretty cool to feel like, oh, and now I can see how much time this could save, not having to create this from scratch every Every single client. Yeah. Because most of the time it's not the business owner that wants to see things differently. It's the industry that they're in, that they want to be able to see things a certain way. So if you hone in on that industry, you can choose three or four KPIs that you give to all of your clients and make a cool little dashboard or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're not recreating the wheel every time based on, oh, this industry likes to track this KPI and how are we going to even get that information and blah, blah, blah. You find yourself like listening to all kinds of podcasts and you're like, what are good percentages for this industry? And you're you're just wasting a lot of that time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because it doesn't feel like wasted time. If you know, you're going to use that again for another client. Cause you're mm-hmm. like, I'm investing this time in learning and I'm going to be able to, you know, onboard this next client way faster, which probably was another thing that happened with you. You were probably like, did I forget a step because it went so quickly? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
yeah. well and honestly the software is too like working with different softwares does this integrate with their accounting software each industry has their own pos system yeah. or their proprietary software if it's a you know field service manager or you know a point of sale system you know they're just so many little things like Variables. that you yeah. can't know them all and you're just like i'm going to calculate what the fees would be to set all this up but could take me an hour, could take me a week. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it just depends. Yeah. That's a good point too, is the industry specific software is not necessarily your accounting software. You can roll them into your own tech stack, but they're always going to have their own front facing CRM or like you said, this field services thing. When I worked with HVAC companies, it was house call pro, which is something a lot of cleaners I think use too. Another one is like Titan, but even if you work with two different field services softwares, they all integrate a little differently. There's nuances about them that you're like, I know this always breaks. So I have to check this, add this to my month end checklist to check this freaking connection. You know what I mean? So every time you work with a client that has another software, you have to build out another different process to make sure you're catching everything. So, yeah. And it's also hard to like make recommendations when you're not familiar yeah. with that industry and what really works well. So you're just kind of going by what they have rather than like, I know you bring people over to zero, like, you mm -hmm. know, that that works best for your niche. So mm -hmm. you integrate them with that software and it makes a lot of sense. So when you have a niche and you know, which softwares are going to be best for them, then yeah. it's way faster to yeah. integrate and bring them over to it and show them how it works. Cause you know how it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the things that play nicely together. <laughs> So mm -hmm. it's like, I can save us all a lot of time and headache if we just <laughs> right. go this route and they appreciate it. Clients really appreciate it of being able to be told which is the best option for them. So you kind of mentioned it before, but how are you guys currently finding most of your clients? So it's been a lot of different ways. Austin was certified through bookkeeper launch and they advocate in the beginning yakety yak. And so we definitely did that to start. We did, you know, like we made our list, we had our spreadsheet, everyone we had cleaned for everyone I knew from my parents' restaurant, everyone we knew from the Austin's parents window clean business. Like we just went through, we're like, who do we think would need a bookkeeper or um, know of someone who, or know of someone new, exactly. Someone, yeah. And that's a really good point because I think sometimes like you go out and you're trying to find clients, but it's like, well, these people that you're connecting with know other people. So if you just build the strong relationship and you make those connections and you provide value, like it's going to get around. So yeah. we started with Yakety Yak. We landed our first client and he was very patient with us. He was definitely our guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> and it was good that he was a friend because we we're like, we are just figuring this out. But from there, we actually, because things were opening up after COVID and I do our marketing. So I started attending local networking events here locally in Tampa. We have like an entrepreneur center mm -hmm. and they hold free events a couple of times a month. So I would just go and not with the intention of I'm going to go and land a client. Like I'm just going to go and I'm going to meet people in the community, tell them what we're doing, you know, meet the person that's speaking, maybe the keynote speaker at the event and, you know, just kind of like solidify those connections. And through that, we've landed our first few clients were that like localized. So probably our first like 
or two more after our first one were local here. And then actually we partnered with another business coach in the cleaning industry that handles different things than we do. So it was a good relationship. And we kind of started like an affiliate referral program with them. And they've been really instrumental in our, in our last few. So that's been kind of fun and, and good to, you know, find ones in our niche. They're pre-qualifying them. Yeah. That's a really good point. One thing you said is something that I tell my students too, is to just like either online or in person, just go to these things just to meet people and build the relationships. Even what I told you before we hit record, how you were like, oh, we didn't go to BKX. We were just kind of on information overload. And I was like, next time, just go to just meet people. (laughs) Don't put the pressure on yourself to go there and consume all the things and learn everything. Just go there for relationships. Because the other part of that is that, especially because you have a niche, or a niche. I don't know. I'm going to go back and forth. Uh, I don't Every know. episode is different. So just because <laughs> we should start saying it completely different and like having a notch. Well, yeah, yeah. We're going to call Niche. it. Like a a <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, because you do specialize in an industry, meeting other bookkeepers is also going to be highly valuable because if someone comes to them, that's a cleaning business. They'll be like, I know who would be perfect for you because this is their industry. So I'm constantly referring to other bookkeepers if they are in a niche. It's really hard to refer somebody if they aren't, because I don't really know their work quality, but if they're specializing in an industry, I can at least be like, well, I at least know they know your industry. (laughs) I don't know how good of a bookkeeper they are, but you know what I mean? But yeah, I think having the niche has definitely been instrumental in you getting the clients that you have. Yeah. Well, and you probably feel the same way. Like I love when we refer clients out and it works out really well. Like you hear from them and they're like, oh, thanks for referring me to so-and-so. They're awesome. We had that happen recently. We had a client approach. She had like a health spa and it was like a lot of moving pieces. It sounded like he needed to like hire in-house. And so we're like, Hey, you know what? This person is a really good fit for you. And they love love working together. I'm like, great. Awesome. Cause I could tell it was not going to be like a good fit. Plus it's outside of our niche, which I'm always working on, but I love making those connections for people because yeah. you can't serve everybody. There's definitely enough people around that need a bookkeeper for everyone to benefit. And some personalities mesh a lot better yeah. than others. Yeah. I think in addition to that is like not necessarily ones that do what you do, even if they do it a little differently, but I think another component to that is building relationships with other businesses that serve your same clients in a different way. Mm -hmm. So like another one of the connections we made was in the cleaning industry, this guy, he created this whole like group buying operation. So like people could get discounted supplies and equipment and all of that, be able to buy them at a discount. So he's created this huge network that is a huge value to our clients because now we can give them a resource to help them cut their costs. Yeah. So we're not competing with each other, but we're able to help each other in that way. And, you know, so there's all different kinds of things, you know, if it's like, oh yeah, we're in the same business, but we need website design or we need advertising or we need this or that. There's so many components to business. So making some connections with others serving the same industry in a different area. Yeah. And I think even beyond that too, like something we've done is as you go out, you meet people, whether it be at networking events or online and they're not 
maybe nothing to do with bookkeeping, but they have a business and you know that they do a good job in it. You know, you can refer that out and then they think of you like, oh, you heard, you know, about me from this person. Wow, that means a lot. And then they think of you the next time they hear of somebody who needs your services. So it's not even just within the bookkeeping, you know, financial community. It can be outside of there, just meeting other business owners because, you know, everybody needs that. And it's so much more powerful to get a referral than a cold client, like a cold lead. So powerful in the industry. Absolutely. Okay. I have one more question for you guys. Cause we're almost at time from a bookkeeper standpoint. Cause we talked about the business owner hat from a bookkeeper standpoint. What do you struggle with the most in your business? Okay. Well, so we were talking about this before Gina and I be like, and I would say first and foremost, documentation, 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 <laughs> like getting things from clients, getting that information from the client that you need to be able to do your job, whether that's the statements at the end of the month, or sometimes if they're using a different POS system or another software, what's going on over there. So that has probably been one of the biggest roadblocks, Mm -hmm. but we've also been trying to put into place some opportunities to overcome those. So I know we were talking like before the call, like Relay Bank, be like, okay, we can recommend this. And one, we can expand the services that we offer them, but we can go and look at transactions whenever we want because we have, you know, view only access to it. Yeah. Whereas most bank accounts, like they don't necessarily offer that function. So different things we use like Keeper Mm -hmm. and different tools like that to try to cut down the friction points with communication. And I think with that too, like something that's helped is learning the client's communication style and maybe like how they respond best to your questions. Like, is it through text or maybe it's a quick phone call or maybe it's keeper or something, an application. So it's kind of like learning how they want to communicate and how they're going to respond the quickest. So you can both be happy. (laughs) That's a really good point because a lot of bookkeepers fall into the trap of like when they're getting all their systems and their tech stack in place, they're like, I'm going to make all my clients communicate with me this one way. And we don't do that. We actually ask in the onboarding questionnaire that we have, what is their preferred method of communication? And we give them some options. And then we have a blank box. That's like other, (laughs) Hmm. because what matters most to us is that they feel like they're served well and we get the information. So I'm not going to try to force you into a box that you don't fit into in that regard. Everything else, I'm going to try my best like you, like put them on the right bank. If communicating with them is difficult, then we're going to recommend a different solution that's going to make it easier for all of us. But when it comes to the actual like back and forth questions, communication, you're right. Like it's really important to figure out what is best for them and how they're going to respond. Yeah. Yeah. And those carrier pigeons get expensive. Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking more of the uh, Harry Potter owls. (laughs) Oh, there you go. (laughs) Well, and then the other component that I would say the challenge that we're trying to overcome by niching down is integrations. Like I'm not always the best with the integrations. I think Gina is a little better with like the software side than I am. So she usually comes in and helps me out. You know, but it's like when you're trying to figure out, does this integrate? How does it integrate? If it doesn't integrate, how are we going to get the information 
into their accounting software and learning the nuances of each one, I think has been a challenge for sure. I'd like to throw one more in there. One of the things is like, and I'm sure you've run into it where you start a project and you have a scope of work. And then once you're in there, somehow it has grown <laughs> and you're like three months of like, oh, how is this ever going to work itself out? And I think like we've learned now to anticipate the roadblocks that may come up because a project can grow really easily. And you want to, like you were talking about an accountant, a bookkeeper, they should also be making their hourly rate. They should be pricing accordingly. So really like asking more questions has helped with that. And really like being able to look inside their accounting software before you take on a project and see what's actually going on rather than taking their word for it. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit behind. And then you're, you know, in 2020 trying to (laughs) reconcile their bank account or something, you know, it's definitely setting our own expectations and our own scope of work. And then doing that a little bit smarter rather than letting the client do that for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. And being like really clear on setting expectations with the client. Like this is the scope. This is what, what I say. A lot of times we'll get in there and realize you need more. And so this proposal is not for the more we'll give you a separate proposal. If we discover something like that, that Mm -hmm. way we've already talked about it. (laughs) And so it's less of an awkward conversation to come back and be like, actually you really need this, but you're only paying this. So Well, and honestly, I love how you did it with us. Like I know when we signed on with you, you gave us a price and then it was kind of like, all right, and we'll let you know when it's ready. Be like, okay. You know, it was very like, okay, that's off our shoulders now. Like it's in capable hands Mm -hmm. and things are happening behind the scenes. And then I don't know about you, but on your side, maybe it wasn't as pressure filled than like, okay, I'm going to have this by tomorrow. And then you're under a deadline that you set for yourself, which is completely arbitrary. And then you're working under pressure, which I don't think ever leads to a good result. (laughs) Yeah. I recently interviewed somebody on the podcast and she recommended setting. So it feels like they are getting kind of a deadline to know when to expect things, but she was like setting something of like, you know, every month you'll get your financials between this date and this date, instead of like by this date. So you have the flexibility of, you know, surprising them and delighting them is the verb that she used. (laughs) And I'm like, I like that surprise and delight, or you have that, you know, that hard deadline at the very end of that. Oh, I definitely, I I, I love that. Yeah. That's really good. We're going to have to use that. (laughs) Awesome. Well, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners or pieces of advice that have helped you along the way? Um, don't be too hard on yourself. (laughs) I know like during this whole journey, there's been times where you're like, oh man, everything is unraveling. Do I know how to do any of this? (laughs) Am I qualified for any of this? But like embrace that it's going to be tough. There's going to be moments where you're wondering why you started your own business, but it's always worth it in the end, no matter what business we've started, it's given us the sense of empowerment in life that we had choice, whether to create opportunity or to solve the problem where you don't have working for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like adding to that, 
is being patient with yourself and realizing that with yourself and with your clients, where can you get schooling for entrepreneurship? Like School of Hard Knocks, there's other entrepreneurs that can help streamline that. And like you're helping other bookkeepers and accountants mitigate some of that friction. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like, well, this wasn't taught in elementary school. This wasn't a college course. Like you just got to jump in and you learn as you go. So realizing that's just the process and have good business buddies along the way. Yeah. (laughs) And you've been that for us. So thank you. I've missed having you in my world and I'm super excited to have you on the podcast and share you with the audience. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you again. And we will talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you to everyone who helps make this podcast possible. Content and interviews are produced by me, Serena Shoup. Our intro and outro music is written and performed by my brother, Ian Gilliam. Editing is also by Ian using his awesome sound engineering skills along with Descript software. Hosting and publishing is by Buzzsprout. And you can check out the show notes for links to all of these amazing resources and resources mentioned in the episode. Embrace ambition.